0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Close, but no cigar for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. It
1: is Wednesday. Hump day, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that doesn't get old to me. It really doesn't but you know, to. But you know what's getting old to me? Oh, I know. The, the two are non-believers, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it happened again on Get Up with Dominique Foxworth and Kimberly Martin, and big fella, I'll say this, I hate the two and non-believers because they have put me in a position where I almost have to root against the kid because they staunchly defend one outstanding performance for a guy that's been in the NFL for three years. I hate that they've put me
0: in that position. Yeah. It's never fun when you're put in that position. I've had it happen many times before,
1: but yet here we are, and I'm right there with you. Matt, you know what? what? (laughs) This week, I just wanted to end one way or the other. Well, it's not going to. This week against the Buffalo Bills, it's got to end one way or the other. Well, he's not going to play well. Against the Bills this week. I'd i be shocked if he played well. Well, listen, I either want him to play outstanding or I want him to, to go down in flames. I want it to be one or the other. I want it to be an extreme just so everybody can have a clear position on yeah, it. That's it.
0: Uh, That's all I want. Unfortunately, I don't think you're going to get what you want. I uh, think he'll play well enough to continue to tick you off. And continue
1: to be the most polarizing player in the NFL.
0: That's where we are with him. But let's yeah. get to the story of the moment, and that is within the last couple of hours finding out that Mike Evans' suspension is going to be upheld uh, by the NFL. James Thrash, who is the former player, was the guy that was uh, tasked with listening to the appeal last night. Uh, decided to stay and make not make any changes to the suspension. So now the Buccaneers find themselves extremely thin at wide receiver. Here is Todd. Well, we have depth.
2: You know, anytime you lose quite a few guys at one spot, you got to worry a little bit. But we got guys that need to step up and make plays, and we kept them around for a reason. So they just got to go in and perform.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it's one thing when you have Tom Brady and you can weather that storm a little bit more. I don't know if you have the right Tom Brady of years past. You now have a problem on your hands for this week against a team that traditionally does not play well in Florida. For whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers hates playing in Florida and usually gets uh, usually is on the short end of the stick down there. But this is a week where he has problems with receivers as well. Those aren't going away, but I, I think this really, really hurts the Bucks this
1: week. Well, yeah, I think it hurts the Bucs, but let's be clear about this situation. I don't like the receiving core for either one of these quarterbacks going into this game. No. I don't like the offensive lines for either one of these quarterbacks going into this game. What I think it's going to come down to is the run game on offense and how well the defenses play. And if you're asking me right now through the first two weeks, which team do I trust the most in both those regards? I would have to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as strange as it sounds, Carlin, And you mentioned how bad Aaron Rodgers plays when he goes down to Florida. The last time he played in Tampa, didn't he throw two pick sixes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great. And the last time he played this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team was in the NFC Championship game two years ago. How'd that work out for him? Yeah. Not great. Mm -hmm. So all I'm simply saying is, if you're asking me who has the edge in this game, I'm going to side with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they have the much better defense. Tampa's defense might be the best in all of football. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the best in defensive EPA. They're the best in scoring. They're the best when it turns to sacks. And are third in takeaways with six. I mean, this is a lights-out defense. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, they have the best opposing QBR allowed in the National Football League. Opposing quarterbacks' average QBR is 18. So good luck against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' they Look,
0: they're, they're exceptionally good. They're exceptionally good, and they were doing it to Dak before he got hurt in that game late in the fourth quarter. Let's not forget that either. And they also do run the football well, but I wonder when you are sending out Jalen Darden and Kalen Geiger, two guys I could not pick out of a lineup (laughs) at wide receiver (laughs) behind Russell Gage, Brashad Perriman, and Scotty Miller. I I mean, come on. That's going to be a little bit of a factor. And, Chris, we have to admit that, when those are not exactly threats, that can affect the run game. That that can say, all right, you know what? Our guys will be able to handle this. Let's go make sure they can't run the ball.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure Adrian Amos is going to be a lot closer to the line of scrimmage now that those guys are, uh, are, are not going to be in the game. But here's the thing I'll ask you, Carlin, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. This is not revisionist history. I'm just asking the question. If your Tom Brady was creating the situation that you did late in that game against the Saints and getting everybody fired up, the the incident that led to Mike Evans getting suspended, If, if all of that is what led to you being able to win that game, a division game against the team you struggle with in the regular season on the road, is that not more important than winning a game against the Green Bay Packers in week three? I'm glad you asked me that question. Is it more important to
0: have fired up your team in that spot? If he did it on purpose, yes, that's to, what you're to asking me? fired
1: up his team, knowing that that led to them winning the game. All right, two things.
0: Number one, I went back and watched the whole thing this morning again. Yeah, I don't know that he did it on purpose because he was trying to fire them up.
1: Yeah, that that's one that he may not he may not have, and he, and yeah. he may well not have. It might not have been on purpose. It could be one of those things that that is coincidental. Well, but, the result, that, but the result but the result is the same. Uh, yeah. You can't tell me that that didn't fire up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It did. And you can't tell me that it made the New Orleans Saints go the opposite way. It did. Okay. But am I going to say that's going to carry over another week? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. It's it not it about, did in the moment. It's not yes. about it carrying over another week. So winning week. the game was It's worth about it. them banking a division game yeah. on the road against a team that they struggled okay. with. Okay. Like the importance of the regular season game. Sure. The game against the New Orleans Saints – in the Superdome, is more important than the game that you got at Raymond James against the Green Bay Packers this weekend. I'm going a little bit deeper into Tom's brain than I probably
0: should here, and you're not going to love it. I'm just going to tell you in advance, you're not going to love it. I think it's another part of all the frustration of everything going on right now no i'm not
1: saying that i i'm saying no that. and, and that's fair but yeah. i'm just asking a question is it fair to look is it at it that it? way yeah no I, th- I think it's fair to look at it that way because sure. you can say okay not having mike evans that probably is going to lead to but you a struggling win to is, win against the green bay packers right uh, but a divisional, divisional win. win is more important than beating the green bay packers yes especially when it's against a team
0: that you have not been able to beat yeah and you need to get over the hump against that team. exactly that's all fair Okay. That's all completely uh, fair but i do think it's a problem this week and i do think we 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 need to monitor what's going on with these receivers with Julio Jones and Chris Godwin because i think more than ever before who is actually catching the ball is more important than it ever has been to to Tom Brady yeah you know chris i think i think you're even seeing it in new england a little bit look at who the receivers are for the patriots Maybe Bill even took that for granted, that Tom could make those many guys better. And we'll just take these receivers and we can make it work with Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers, who are solid, but they're nothing spectacular. You know, maybe they took it for granted and they're seeing that right now. But the point being, I do think that we got to be careful here because if you're going to count on Tom being a force multiplier this year, he may be, but not to the level that it has been. Yeah. Not to the level that it
1: has One thing that we have to watch that could be under the radar in this game is the running backs as receivers out of the backfield, both sides. I mean, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, those guys being more of a factor in the passing game, just because it's clear that both of these quarterbacks are going to struggle in terms of chemistry with the receivers that they're going to have available. Hmm. So something to think about here, by the way, is Todd Bowles on the idea of the guy that we didn't bring up here, Cole
0: Beasley.
2: Well, we'll see right now. You know, he hadn't played in a while. So he's been, he's been on the street really. So we got to see what he knows and what kind of shape he's in and we'll kind of go from there. Look,
0: I don't expect Cole Beasley to come in. I mean, it, it, Scotty Miller's a better deep threat than mm-hmm. Cole Beasley, but you think Cole Beasley walks in the door and immediately makes them a whole lot better.
1: No, but Cole Beasley is a veteran and knows how to get open and underneath zones and present a target for Tom Brady. Again, a safety valve. I don't think he's a difference maker, but he's another guy that could be reliable for Tom in a pinch. That's what I think they're looking at it as, best case scenario.
0: Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus in 30 seconds. We get the thoughts of a former Bucks wide receiver and a pretty darn good one at that right after Chris has this from Indeed.
1: If the weather is cooling off but luckily your business is staying hot, you need to hire You need Indeed. Their all-in-one hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates with tools like Instant Match. The moment you sponsor a post, you'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. And you can even schedule and conduct interviews all from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com credit to get $75 toward your first sponsored job. Canty and Carlin,
0: ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Right now, we welcome in co-host of Keyshawn J. Will and Max. It is Keyshawn Johnson, the former Buck Jet Cowboys wide receiver, joining us right now. Key, Canty and Carlin, how you doing, man?
3: I'm doing just great. With indeed, <laughs> <laughs> indeed.
1: ah, you see the professionalism in my voice, yes. Key. The professionalism. Yes. You, you, I'm glad you, you appreciate you, you. that. You made me
3: laugh just now. I'm sitting there. That, hey, I'm Key, like, that's, man, my co- he Key that's my corporate stop.
1: voice now. That's not my locker room voice <laughs> in Valley Ranch. That's my corporate voice now, Key. Come on now.
3: <laughs> don't knock the hustle, brother. You know what it is. Hey, look, I said if his ghetto ass don't stop, <laughs> if
1: he don't stop. <laughs> hey, Key, I'm going to need you to do me a favor, man. You got to get your host, oh, okay, Max man. Kellerman, to stop wearing them dusty ass Air Force Ones. If you could do that for me, I would appreciate it. I came in there again today, and the I didn't say nothing to Jay Will. I didn't say nothing to Kmart or Max. All I did was peek at Max's footwear, and it's these same dusty Air Force Ones. I'm not trying to be in nobody pockets, but Max wake way too much money to be wearing them old dusty Air Force Ones. Help me out, Keith. I'm saying. Well, that's the first thing I told
3: him. They they pan the camera pan to. Kimberly's uh, uh, Jordans, and then they pan to Max's, and I told the cameraman, I said, man, go back to Max's shoes. (laughs) I said, wait a minute, Max, why in the hell are you wearing some 13-wear Air Force Ones when you know they're only good for five wears, (laughs) and you give them away at that point? You make too much money to look like you found them in somebody's damn garbage can, boy. So I was only just like you. Thirteen, I think more like thirty. <laughs> that, that could be hey, Carlin. That could be true too. It could have been a thirty wear, but we all know that you can't wear Air Force Ones more than a week. And you got to give. You got to. At that point, you're going to, have to give them to somebody. If you if you were all about that fashion, you to have to give them away because they're going to curl up in the front. The shoelaces is going to turn yellow on you. It just, it's a bad look for a guy like Max Kellerman. Yes, I am in his pocketbook. He makes <laughs> damn money. period. Those Air
0: Force Ones look like they were from before Jordan was playing. Uh, okay, let's get into some football, and specifically the Mike Evans situation. The Bucs, as thin as they are at receiver right now. Uh, your take on how this sets them up now for this week against the
3: Packers? You know, it, it's tough. Uh, I would say that Green Bay probably has the better receiving core. I mean, they got Perryman. They signed Cole Beasley, which doesn't mean anything to me. What is this? Scottie Miller. And then you got um, who you may have a broke down Julio Jones. And that's pretty much it. Right. So in the end, I know they went out and got Cole Beasley. Everybody's like, oh, I said to myself, I said, okay, he'll play in the slot. He'll catch some balls on third down. But that ain't no wee moment. That's just a. a a guy in a uniform catches some passes from one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So, you know, they still got Leonard Fournette. They still got a solid
1: defense. Key, how concerned should we be after that fourth quarter we saw from Jameis on Sunday? Because really, it's been a tale of two fourth quarters through the first two weeks of the regular season. He balled in the fourth quarter against Atlanta. Then he had multiple turnovers in the fourth quarter against Tampa. Which one is the real Jameis Winston? And are you concerned about who's throwing passes to your nephew?
3: You know, I'm not I'm not concerned. What I am concerned about is Jameis Winston's health, okay? I think people, as you tell these stories about Jameis Winston and have this conversation about Jameis, nobody's having the conversation that the guy is playing with a fractured back. You know, and I think that that's a disservice to who Jameis is because if it was other quarterbacks in the National Football League that had back issues, they certainly would bring that to the attention of a Matthew Stafford. Oh, Matthew Stafford. He has nine crack bones in his back. and he's out here playing. Like, give the same dude, the Jameis, as we do everybody else. Now, here's what I would say. As you know and I know, it doesn't really matter because your butt is out on the field. So you need to be able to produce. If you're going out there, go out there and do better than what you did this last game in the fourth quarter. Missed targets on Chris Alave several times down the field. You know, and, and so you knew. Right then and there, when he was throwing the ball, said he's putting everything into it because something's bothering him and that something is his back.
0: Keyshawn Johnson, a co host of Keyshawn J. Will and Max with us. And let's, I've always got, been curious about this, Key. We see there are some receivers, I think, who are made better by who their quarterback is. So take me through what's going on in Green Bay right now Aaron Rodgers and the lack of a top wide out right now and how that's going to play out here
3: but is he is he really you know when you look at it okay so they got sammy Watkins, they got lazar they got uh-huh. randall cobb watson and romeo Goss. if you look at what what happened against minnesota he threw the ball a few places and the guys dropped it then you look to chicago they didn't need to do a whole lot they did what they needed to do to get out of get out of there I think they still could take advantage and get over the top with Lazar and some other guys in the position against the Buccaneers dominant defense because if you look and you see what New Orleans was able to do, they was able to get over the top. Janus couldn't connect, and these guys have got to catch it and not drop it when Aaron Rodgers is delivering it. The growth process for a young receiver, as I've mentioned many times over and explained many times over to not only you, Carlton, but to others, it's going to take time to get up the speed at the level that we are used to seeing from Adams and Rogers. But if we go back to 14, 2014, we didn't see Adams and Rogers in in Nelson. It, it didn't. It didn't look like it looked in the end when the product was finished. So I'm willing to give them the opportunity and and just wait it out and see if these guys are up to snuff. Which I believe that they are.
1: Key after his six touchdown performance in Week Two, Tua might be the most polarizing player in the entire NFL. Where exactly <laughs> are you on Tua? Non? Are you sold that he's a franchise quarterback, or do you need to see more?
3: Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna package him up and sell him to me. It ain't you can you can get that to somebody else. Yeah, I, I, he was fine in Week One. He was fine in Week Two. I, I just I understand. He threw for 500 yards, almost 506 touchdowns, and the Ravens blew about three coverages. But one thing you're not going to do to me, you're not going to package it up, put a bow on it, Hmm. make it all sparkly and sprinkly, and just say, hey, look, see? No, 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 no. I'm good. I understand Tyreek Hill loves him. I love him, too, if he was throwing me balls, and he was my quarterback. But I also don't think that he is going to be able to take them where they want to go. Where they want to go is to win the Super Bowl. I don't know that he per se doesn't mean the team, but him as the quarterback can do the things that he did late in the game against the Baltimore Raven team, because the team like, like they play Buffalo Buffalo's not going to allow Tyreek Hill to do the things that him and Jalen Waddle did late in game against the Ravens. Cause they're not going to blow coverages. Leslie Frazier's not going to put them out there and have them looking at, you know, that look, uh, Canty, when a guy gets beat, he's looking at the safety, the safety looking at him, they're yep. at each other, they put their yep. hands up. Yep. <laughs> that ain't going to happen in Buffalo, <laughs> right? I mean, let's be honest. That's not going to happen. Nor do the Ravens have a Von Miller that can pin his ears back and wreck, wreck a game in a heartbeat at the age that he is. Hello, so you got to look at everything. I, I, look, I'm i not hating on two. Everybody wants to say, oh, you hating on a little bit. No, I'm just telling the truth. The problem is, you always want dudes like me to tell the truth, but when I tell the truth, you don't like it. I'm hating all of a sudden.
0: No, listen, you're welcome in this company because we're on board with you.
3: <laughs> Amen.
0: Yep. Preach. Amen. Preach. Don't Keyshawn. They, hey,
3: Carly, don't they be trying, Carlin? Don't they be trying to package it up though, make it all pretty? Yeah, sure See, you do. They a lot sure of them are. Okay, and I they can't sure get over do. it.
0: I mean, I, listen, more than anything. I'm just alarmed by what the Ravens secondary, like, did they think it was over? And it was just, hey, we got 10 minutes to go. Let's just let them run down the field and do whatever they want. I mean, come on.
3: Yeah, I, 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 it was some messed up coverages. I know that for a fact. Key, okay, okay, here's you all know, I need is, to know. I've talked to some people.
0: You know who, you know who's done it? Kyle, uh, Matt Schaub has thrown for over 469 yards twice. That's what I know. <laughs> Matt Schaub. Stump the Schaub, man. <laughs> <laughs> Key, thanks man appreciate
1: it Hi, right, buddy
0: all right Keyshawn johnson Keyshawn j will and max it's canty and carlin on espn radio want you to be a part of the canty and carlin nation on the dr pepper call in line so hit us up at 888 say espn 888-729-3776 espn nation presented by dr pepper it ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold dr pepper the one fans deserve massive news in the nba that we have to get to in just moments if you haven't heard it you need to and you will canty and carlin espn radio
2: now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team
0: But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you
3: miss Canty and Carlin?
0: Well, the inevitable is happening. And that's a good thing. But... I'm still annoyed. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Robert Sarver announced today that he is going to be selling the Phoenix Suns. Mm. I need to take a deep breath for a second.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and while you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and read the statement that Robert Sarver issued today.
0: Well, this is this is this is why I'm ticked off.
1: No, I know, but I need to read the statement yeah. so our listeners can can digest it mm-hmm. cuz it's it's a, it's it's tough to it's tough to swallow. So, please enlighten them. Here's the statement, and I quote As a man of faith, I believe in atonement and a path to forgiveness. I expected that the commissioner's one year suspension would provide the time for me to focus, make amends, and remove my personal controversy from the teams that I and so many fans love. But in our current unforgiving climate, it has become painfully clear that that is no longer possible that whatever good I have done or still could do is outweighed by things I have said in the past. For those reasons, I am beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and the Mercury. End quote. Canty and Carlin R. Ah! I hate
0: you so much right now. Yeah, yeah. Christoph. Robert Sarver, just get out. Just get out. Just get out. You, you should have been gone at first, and somehow you weren't. But now, clearly, all of the owners have said, sell the team and get out of our way and stop sullying our organization. I could not get over Adam Silver just having a, a situation where he would only suspend him for a year and $10 million, and you were complaining about that. It's clear that you weren't going to go quietly, but here's what I'm hearing. An old rich man who has never been told no in his life, screaming and yelling because he insulted people, because he used racially insensitive language, not once, not twice, numerous times around people who worked for him, insinuated at one point when he's trying to figure out whether or not a person worked for him, asked him if he owned them. Asked him if he owned them. And then made several misogynistic comments over the years. A culture a terrible culture, but because you're rich and have never been told no, you are the victim here. Shut up. Shut up. Get out. Take your $2.5 that you're going to get for selling on the team, poor you, and just get out. Because you don't get it. You're not ever going to get it. Go buy an island. Disappear so we don't ever have to see you again because you are just flat out sickening when you insult our intelligence. and, And one of the first things that you say, you lose me when you say as a man of faith, because a man of faith doesn't pull the garbage that you did and then complain about the fact that you're not getting forgiven. Forgiveness is earned. Forgiveness is not something that you're automatically gonna get Just because you've been around for 20 years making a fortune. You left that part out of your statement. I'm building communities here. You're also making a freaking fortune. And now you are going to sit there and
1: tell us you're the victim. I don't like calling people names. You're a jackass. Get out. It's disgusting, Carlin. And you're absolutely right. He's making a fortune. This team is going to sell for over $2 billion. Back in 2004 he bought his majority stake in the Suns and the Mercury for $400 million. So pretty damn good investment. And on the forgiveness end of it all, here's the thing, Carlin. You get forgiveness when you show genuine contrition. This statement does not show that you're apologetic in any regard. So how can you expect us to feel sorry for you after what you've done to your employees to make them feel small? It's disgusting. It's... It's insulting to our intelligence, and I'm glad that the NBA eventually came to the right decision because based on how this statement reads, Carlin, this is not a man that's willingly selling this team. This is Adam Silver and the rest of the Board of Governors saying, you know what, it's bad for business to have Robert Sarver associated with the NBA or the WNBA. But we don't want to completely roll one of our own, so what we're going to do is we're not going to make a public stink of it and force him to sell the team from the public standpoint, from the perception of it, but we're going to tell him to quietly go about his business and try to find a buyer for this team so he can fetch the maximum return on his investment. That's what this is all about. Th- th- this is the NBA saying, you're no longer going to be a part of the NBA. Here's the off-ramp. Here's your exit strategy. Take your $2 bucks and go on about your business. But even Robert Sarver can't do that right, Carlin. And that's got to be what's so maddening about this statement. Adam Silver and the rest of the NBA governors have got to be pulling their hair out because we're trying to help this guy out. We're trying to make sure that he gets the most money for his two franchises, and yet this guy is going to go kicking and screaming. It's absolutely ridiculous. In our current unforgiving climate, we'll forgive you you if you're sorry for what you've done. Which you're not. You're not sorry.
0: You're not. In every way, the statement that you put out insults us even further. No, it doesn't insult us. It just makes you look like a bigger jackass and us happier that you're disappearing. Because that is just off the charts having a level of gall that I have never seen before. And, Chris, here's how I know that somebody like this has never been told no. Because whoever wrote the statement for him or whoever his PR person who says, yup, you got it, boss, that's the one. They never wanted to tell you no because they know they'll get fired if they do. Because they know that you have absolutely no clue what you're doing when you say something like this. Man,
1: there's no way a PR guy wrote this No No shot. He wrote a- this on his or, own. Or even saw it. He wrote this on his own, and he didn't have anybody preview it. He said, this is what I'm putting out. And, and the tone be damned, this is how I feel, and I'm going to let it be known, Carlin. The The reality is that Robert Sarver wanted to continue to be a part of the NBA and the WNBA, and the rest of the league told him no. Chris. And he didn't like it. And so now he's behaving like a petulant child. This isn't about, and unfortunately, he's going to be
0: rewarded because he's going to get paid $2 billion. And, and here's what's going to bother me even more about it. There are going to be people out there who are going to say, oh, this is cancel culture and all that. No, no, that's not what this is. This is creating an atmosphere around an organization for years and years and years. And making it uncomfortable for people to be there. No,
1: not uncomfortable. It's a toxic workplace environment. It's comparable to what we heard about with the Washington Commanders that took place over decades. And that's what we're we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with here. It's just that the NBA is a little more progressive than the NFL. And they decided that they were going to take this action. And this is what... And and you know what? Here's the other thing, Carlin. Let's not understate the importance of players like LeBron James and Chris Paul saying the NBA fell short when it came to the initial discipline that it doled out to Robert Sarver. When Adam Silver came out and had that press conference and said that he could only go so far and he didn't think that the actions of Sarver rose to a level where we got to consider removing him as an owner... Those players came out and said, Adam Silver, NBA League office, they got it wrong. They should do more. And here we are, what, a week and a half later, and now we're talking about Robert Sarver being forced to sell the team. That's what this is. Yep. He's being forced to sell the team. He doesn't want to sell the team. If he did, he wouldn't have this kind of tone in this statement. So he's being forced to sell the team, and the owners don't want to make a public stink of it because they want him to get the return on his investment. That's what they want. This would have been over with two months ago when the
0: stories, whenever it was that the stories first came out, if it had been on tape. It would have been over with then. It would have been on the exact same par as what happened with Donald Sterling. Yeah. Exact same par. Yeah. And he would have been... uh, I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. Adam Silver would have had the exact same press conference that he had when Donald Sterling was up there, and we all applauded him for it. And... In this case, there's no tape, and when there's, when there's tape, it makes it that much more appalling to all of us. When there's no tape, it becomes, well, it just must be, he said, he said. Well, no, it wasn't, because they fined you $10, 10 million and suspended you for a year, so you did something, and you admitted you
1: did something in that statement. Quick question, because I know we're up against it. How do we feel about Adam Silver now? I think, for the most part, Adam Silver
0: has been an outstanding commissioner. I was disappointed in how this was handled.
1: But now that we're here, with Robert Sarver it, selling, it, it the took team, a while to get here. It, it did. And I it think took, they forced him long, to. It took longer than it should have. Yes, because
0: he's going kicking and screaming.
1: He is. He is. But I feel like Adam Silver has a role in that, and yes. so maybe I'm softening on my initial stance toward the discipline that Adam Silver doled out.
0: Yes, I. Yeah.
1: I think that's true. But okay. Again, I. Were any of the facts any different just because
0: they weren't on tape? No. no. That's that's where I come down on it. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. We'll lighten things up a bit. I promise you We need to. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we absolutely do. I'm looking forward to talking to Devin McCourty, the three-time Super Bowl champion, is going to join us. Chris and I are doing, uh, we are the announcers on ESPN Radio for the Patriots and the Ravens this coming Sunday up in Foxborough. We're looking forward to that. We'll have a few laughs with him. Darius Butler is going to join us. David Cohn is going to join us later in the show to talk about the ridiculous chase that Aaron Judge is on right now, Uh, and that's where we're going next. If you had a chance to earn life-altering money, would you hand it all back immediately? If somebody handed you a winning lottery ticket, would you give it back? Somebody did. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
2: Robert Sarver announced he's begun the process to sell both the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury. To take the franchise away is one thing, but to make sure there's enough public pressure to say, sell your damn team. It absolutely did accelerate his decision.
3: Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin.
2: I
0: found something out about you earlier today, and I'm a little, I wouldn't say surprised, but
1: you ever watched Ted Lasso? No, I didn't get into Ted Lasso. Are you, you're not
0: into it, or did you try to watch no, I, it? No, I never
1: got into it. It was always one of those things that my fiancé now wife talked about starting a series, but yeah. we've got so many shows going on, man, it's hard to keep track of everything. Well,
0: here's why it was so I'm good. I'm still
1: catching up on Mad Men.
0: Yeah, well, me too, on that front. My wife's watched it like three times, and I'm only halfway through. But anyway, yeah. um, that aside, the thing about Ted Lasso is it really came in the middle of the pandemic, and it's a very feel-good show. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was so popular. And I love it. I think it's great. Um, Having said that, AFC Richmond, which is the name of the team that he is, that Jason Sudeikis is the coach of, uh, is going to be in the new FIFA game Mm. that is coming out, which I think is kind of cool. That's awesome. But it also kind of got us to thinking, like, what fictional team
1: would you want in a video game? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to go, i tell you what, because it's one of my favorite movies, Mm. and the head coach is loosely based off of a coach that I played for, I'm going to go with the Miami Sharks from (laughs) any given Sunday, with Willie Beeman as my quarterback, LL Cool J as my running back, Uh. Terrell Owens as my receiver. He was actually my receiver in real life on one of my teams. Mm -hmm. And then Lawrence Taylor as our star defensive player. With Jim Brown as our defensive coordinator,
0: yeah, love it, yeah. love it. Love I, yeah, it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not buying Bill Bellamy as a big play receiver. I am not throwing him the football. That's in why big I spot. said to. I uh, got <laughs> Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens was in the movie. I'll take to. Right. And Pacino was hanging out watching Parcells getting ready for that movie when he was studying about. Well, it. that's why I said, it. yeah, it no, I know, Mostly based, based on, yeah, it. yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: I thought that was excellent. Um, the I best pregame speech I've ever heard in my life. Really. From Al Pacino. The best pregame speech I've ever heard. As a matter of fact, Carlin, I would actually play that speech in my locker pregame before I go play an NFL game. Wow. That's how good that speech is. That's awesome. One of the best pregame speech. Better than Coughlin before the Super Bowl. I'm trying to, Carlin, I'm telling you, the best pregame speech I've ever heard. Wow. Okay. Congratulations to Oliver Stone.
0: That's pretty Na- good.
1: Nailed it. That's pretty good. I I love any given
0: Sunday. Anytime it's on, I will not turn it off. No. I would want the Cleveland Indians from Major League. <laughs> That's what I would want. I want Serrano. I want, you know, Jake Taylor. Wild thing. Yeah, I want yeah. Roger Dorn up there to get drilled. Dorn. All that stuff. <laughs> Lean into it, Dorn. <laughs> give me Eddie Harris, the old junk baller. Yeah. Oh, shoop. <laughs> <laughs> shoop. <laughs> yeah, give me that.
1: Oh, plus you have to have the booth guy, too. Yeah, Euchre.
0: Robert Salk. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. ESPN Plus, the Aaron Judge thing. Chris, I uh, admittedly, uh, I probably saw about three innings of that game last night uh, as I was working to get ready for our game on Sunday. Yeah. With the Ravens and the Patriots. Um, And so Judge comes up. And I have to say, like... I shouldn't have been surprised and I wouldn't even use the word surprised here, but I was pleasantly engaged in the crowd reaction to the whole thing. And 60 is a huge number. I get that. Yeah. But because of the differentiation between, you know, the bonds record and all that stuff, you know, I didn't quite know what it would be like, but it was, it was awesome to see. But I got one really big issue with what happened last night. And that is Michael Kessler. Who is Michael Kessler? He is the Yankees fan, young Yankees fan. I believe he's twenty. Mm-hmm. Who caught or got the Judge home run ball number sixty? And it's estimated that that's probably worth somewhere around a hundred to two hundred thousand
1: mm-hmm. dollars. He gave it back to Aaron Judge. Well, well, before we before we go into that, can we just talk about what it took for Michael Kessler to get that baseball? Yeah. I mean, that's like a scrum at the bottom of a pile for a fumble. Yeah, that, I, that, what I thinking, that, that, that's what it was at in that the moment.
0: I, at that moment, I'm thinking, all right, what would I do if I'm under in the bottom of that pile? I would probably take the ball and like stick it in my pants, yeah, or something like. You're that. talking about fighting
1: against other grown men, <sighs> yes. for a baseball that could be worth two hundred thousand dollars. Yes, that would. That's what happened. Like you have to do that fumble drill
0: that I see in practice where you curl up with, around the ball yeah, and just as and, tight as you can. And even
1: then, it still might be enough because those guys are probably punching and kicking and trying to get you to get that thing to let go. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure they are. There's yeah. no question that somebody would be looking to punch you in yeah, the groin. Yeah, that,
1: that, that's bringing out the worst in, yeah. in all of the fans out there.
0: So, with that in mind...
1: So, to go through all of that hell...
0: And the kid, the kid gave the ball back to Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge gave him a picture and a bat... Signed by him. Oh no, that ain't enough, dude. What are you doing? Like, I know you think you're being a good guy and doing all that. Aaron Judge is going to take every last damn dollar on the free agent market. Why? Why would you? Do you have any idea what a hundred, let's just say a hundred thousand dollars, could do for a twenty year old kid starting a life? I mean, come
1: on, Carlin, think about it. If Aaron Judge wins the Triple Crown. Him getting paid $400 million on a 10-year deal is not outside of the question. No. And no. If, and if that's the case, Aaron Judge can pony up two hundred dollars for tying Babe Ruth for the all-time Yankee – well, the second most home runs in Yankees history. we we got to talk more about this kid's yeah, decision because this yeah, is that's bad one. it's bad.
3: Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.